Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Please be aware that this episode of The Quickie discusses mental health issues, the non-consensual sharing of nude pictures, self-harm and sexual assault. If these are triggers for you, please take care listening to this one. From Mamma Mia, hi, I'm Claire Murphy. Welcome to The Quickie, getting you up to speed daily. On Saturday, March 19, 2022, a complaint was made to officers at Inner West Police Area Command about the alleged distribution of an image without consent that occurred in late 2021. What was that image? A photo of one of the brides has been discovered on a paid social media site for sharing private content and is now circulating in the group. I research on who I'm dealing with. Apparently Dom has an OnlyFans. It's another maths scandal, this time a contestant showing others nude pictures of another contestant from her OnlyFans account. Today, we discuss the weaponisation of nude pictures, whether it's image-based sexual abuse, consensual posting therefore okay to share, or something we need to remove from the discussion around women's bodies altogether. Last week, the news was bombarding us with accusations and potential criminal investigations linked to an incident on Married at First Sight. I did send it to Selena. It was like, did you know that Dominica had an OnlyFans? And I said no. And then it was like, photo. Like, she smashed the glass and was trying to play the victim. So it's like, now that she's actually got something to cling on to, she's going to milk that for all it's worth. The move was quickly slammed by many who said Olivia shamed Dom and that she was in fact guilty of image-based sexual abuse. But others say if Dom consented to having her picture online where it could be accessed by members of the public, then how can it be an issue? While others are asking why a nude picture of a woman is still considered something that can be used against her at all in 2022. Dom has made it clear that this is not something she wanted to have passed around amongst the people she was doing the maths experiment with and that this is unacceptable behaviour. If people wanted to Google me, they could Google me. But you clearly sent that. That's gossip and... and I just mentioned it like it was... Mentioned it. It didn't come with any malice or judgement or anything. So sending that is not gossip or, or malice... But at the same time, she says she owns the fact that her nude pics are out there on the internet, encouraging women to be body positive. I own it. I'm not saying I don't own it. Whatever is on the internet stays on the internet, and I get that. I'll wear it, whatever. My body, my choice, bitch. Dom's response is one of a strong, capable woman who's mentally tough enough to tackle this issue head-on on national television. But that's not always the case. Sometimes the person who's had their photo shared is even more vulnerable than that, someone like Rosie. She was just a teenager when she started to share nude pictures of herself with a boy she'd met through social media. Her mum, Linda, says she did all the right things in trying to warn her daughter about the potential fallout. 
So she had a long history of anxiety and depression, a lot of issues with self-esteem and a history of self-harm and some other bad coping strategies. And as part of that, we were keeping an eye on her phone use and she knew that. And I found some pictures and that's what started our conversation originally. We've had many conversations about it, both before that happened, because I've got a few kids, but obviously deeper conversations once we realised what she was doing. She was initially obviously defensive and it's fine and nothing bad's going to happen and no one's going to share anything and adamant that it was what she wanted to do. But actually, really, it became it obvious quite quickly that it was something that made her feel like she was in control. She felt like she was able to dictate the terms, if you like, <laughs> that she could do what she wanted to do and she didn't have to do anything because she was doing it from a distance and that she didn't feel like she deserved anything else. For her, it was very much tied in with ongoing mental health problems that were being managed. While Rosie thought she was in control of the situation, it soon became clear that it could get out of control very quickly when the boy she'd been in contact with weaponised those photos. At times they hadn't communicated because she'd been uncomfortable with some of the communication. I don't know the details around that. He contacted her quite suddenly, having not been in contact for at least a few months, and wanted her to go to his house and told her that if she didn't do that, and he gave her a very short time frame in which to do it, then he would share the photos. She panicked from what we understand, just wanted the problem to go away, thought she could handle it, thought she could just make it so that he would have nothing more to do with her, and she went to his house. The result of that boy weaponising those pictures was that a young girl who suffers from mental health issues was lured into a situation where she was allegedly sexually assaulted. Rosie was so traumatised by the incident, along with her ongoing struggle with her mental health, she couldn't bring herself to take her issue to the police. And Linda says she's pretty sure men know that they can get away with it. She wouldn't tell us his surname on her phone. He was just listed as his first name. There was a mandatory report made, so the police contacted us, but she was not interested at all in talking to the police or pursuing any charges. She was just not in a good enough state mentally to even consider it as a possibility. And really, you know, we had to prioritise her physical and mental well-being over him having any kind of consequences or repercussions or, unfortunately, any counselling or help for what he thought was a reasonable thing to do. I think he knew that. I think he knew that she wouldn't report anything. I think often when these things happen, the guys are pretty confident that nothing is going to be done. Dr Emily Vandenagel is a lecturer in communications and media studies focusing on social media practices at Monash University. Emily researches and teaches social media identities, practices and platforms, social media cultures, identities, sexualities, algorithms and negotiations. Her book, Sex and Social Media, co-authored with Katrin Tindenberg, takes a feminist sex-positive approach to how social media platforms shape and restrict sex and how sexual identities, practices and communities must all negotiate platforms to survive and thrive. Doctor, there's a lot of conversation surrounding the nude photo situation on MAFs. Some saying it's wrong that Olivia did what she did. Others saying the pic was out there on the internet, so people are going to see it anyway. Would we call this incident image-based sexual abuse? 
yes is the answer. In this case, it's about context. When someone takes a photo of themselves and they want to share that with just a particular audience, what's happened here that represents a violation is that someone else has gone on to a semi-private platform, you know, a platform that needs a subscription and usually a paid one to access. And then they've distributed this nude photo in a context where the intent is really clearly to shame that person and to make them feel like they have transgressed in some way for being nude in public. So really the harm here has nothing to do with the taking and the uploading of the nude photo to OnlyFans. The harm is that we have a person who's distributed it without that person's consent in a context that doesn't line up with what OnlyFans is about and has tried to introduce shame into the equation, whereas actually there's nothing shameful about being naked. Well, let's discuss that for a moment because it seems in the society that we have around us that a nude picture of a woman is infinitely more damaging than a nude picture of a man. Why is it that women's nude photos are so easily weaponized where men's aren't? Really, it's a double standard about sexuality. This is tapping into a really long history of what nudity and sexuality and representations of different bodies mean. We know that for women, there are these really outdated sexual standards that unfortunately still seem to apply in a lot of public discourse. I feel like some of that conversation is changing but we still have this idea about what it means to be nude, to represent the self as nude as, as well. These are not pictures that have arisen from somebody else photographing Domenica. Presumably, they're a self-representation. And there's a lot of politics and history bound up in the anxieties of women being able to represent themselves and their own bodies, especially through media, in a way that they decide. This is something that leads to anxiety, I think, and often shaming in in the public sphere. How do we then start to change that discussion away from a nude picture of a woman being shameful when it becomes like the centre of this scandal on something like Married at First Sight? How do we now change that discussion if we constantly focus in on the drama and the shame and the scandal when we're trying to shift away from weaponising it in the first place? It's a good question. I feel like what we've seen, particularly in the Married at First Sight context, is that, I mean, this is a, a social incident that is heavily filtered through the prism of reality television. There are a lot of layers of mediation involved between a personal altercation between two women and the rest of the group and the TV audience at home. So, look, there's a lot we don't know about the situation, in fact. Did producers prepare any of the participants about what was happening before they brought the cameras in, for example? But I feel like even with all of those layers, there are certainly... There's there's meaning to these actions. The meaning of Olivia sharing this photo of Domenica was to embarrass and shame her. And the meaning of the nude photo that Domenica took and shared in the first place was simply about being comfortable inhabiting her own body. 
Do you think women can ever move away from that nude picture, scandalous shame kind of discussion? Because we see other women who are trying to embrace their nudity in, let's say, Kim Kardashian has posted nude pictures of herself and she gets a lot of backlash for that because people don't think that women can be naked out in public and still not be shamed for it. Do you think we can ever move away from that version of the discussion that women and nudity and shame is all tied in together? We've got a long way to go, for sure. I think we can see that not only with, for example, the weaponising that occurred with this particular image, but also just with the way that this storyline in the show was promoted. We heard about it as a nude photo scandal, and the scandal here implies that whoever had taken the picture in the first instance was the scandalous one. So there's a lot, I think, to be done in terms of how nude images of women are themselves represented as storylines in things like reality television. On the other hand, we've seen a lot of movement in the public response to this particular storyline on a reality television show. When this was being aired, so many of the tweets were simply saying, excuse me, stop what you're doing, the real shame here belongs to Olivia, not to Domenica, there's nothing wrong with being on OnlyFans, these were consensually taken images. The only scandal is that one woman has tried to shame and vilify another through a completely culturally legible kind of taking and sharing of photos. So just the social media response tells you that there's a lot of the audience of Married at First Sight who's able to pick up on these sexual double standards and call them out and suggest that actually something different is happening to maybe what those promotional clips of the show would tell you. We know that women being targeted with the use of their naked pictures is wrong, however you feel about women taking those pictures in the first place. But as Linda says, we're not in a place where that is the accepted way of thinking yet. So we need to protect these young women until they can safely upload whatever content they wish and not have them turned into a potentially life-destroying weapon. I just think there's such a lack of respect for people's privacy. Unfortunately, there's still such a lack of respect for women and young women in particular. In my opinion, those photos should never have been shared. But one of the difficulties, I think, is we are telling the, the narrative around young people sharing photos is that, you know, they're living in a sex-positive world, it's fine, one day everybody's going to be doing it. It won't mean anything anymore. No one will be bothered about the fact that maybe they've got some photos out there somewhere. But not everybody that is sending these photos or sharing these images is a sexually confident, empowered young woman. Sometimes they're doing it for other reasons and they're very vulnerable. Even if they're doing it in within a relationship and they are happy and they're being treated well and respected, I think we're giving kids this false sense of how safe they should be doing this. I don't think what happened to my daughter is an isolated incident. You know, unfortunately, it's it's very likely that he will probably do something similar again at some point. That's the quickie for today. This episode was produced by myself, Claire Murphy, and our executive producer, Siobhan Moran-McFarlane, with audio production by Jacob Round. And if you'd like us to follow up on a news story for you, it's really easy to get in touch. You can shoot us an email, thequickie at mamamia.com.au, drop us a DM on Instagram, Facebook or Twitter, and you can even find us at Mamma Mia Podcasts on TikTok.
Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures.